You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic physician, lecturer, author, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne. Lack of exercise can be described as lethargy, weariness, or fatigue. And as it progresses, it can be accompanied by depression, decreased motivation, and ultimately having an unfavorable effect on your health and happiness, relationships, creativity, and productivity. Now, today on Wellness for Life, we have Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. She's a board-certified internal medicine physician, as well as the author of Sacred Rest, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, and restore your sanity. She is here to share her groundbreaking insight on the seven types of rest you need to optimize your productivity and increase your overall happiness so you can live your best life. Thank you so much for being here on Wellness for Life, Dr. Sandra. It's my pleasure. Awesome. Now, when people think about rest, I and mean, we immediately think about let's re- lounge around and relax, maybe have a glass of wine or just get more sleep. Now, I understand you deep, you go deeper into the definition of rest. Absolutely. I think that's the problem. Many of us do associate rest automatically either with sleeping or with just the cessation of activity. And really at the very core of what rest does for us is it's a restorative process. And so when we're looking at the different types of rest, we look at how do we become restored in the places of our life that we're constantly depleting. So being restored then really is not just about sleeping. Of course, we get, that's when we really get our restoration of our cells and tissue rejuvenation, uh, replenishment of energy. Um, But let's go into, let's go into the seven types of rest then. Yes, absolutely. So with sleeping, when we're looking at that, we're primarily looking at the what we call passive type of physical rest. And then with physical rest, we divide it up into two. So there's the passive form and the active form of physical rest, which includes things like stretching and yoga and really all those things that help improve our circulation. And then when we're looking at the other types of rest, they include things like mental rest, spiritual rest, emotional, social, sensory, and creative rest. Wow. That's, those are the seven t- types you just said, right? The, you just mentioned yes. physical, mental, spiritual, emotional. Uh, what was the other one? The, you said social, social, sensory, and creative. Sensory. Oh, sensory sounds amazing. And creative. Well, gosh, physical, you just dove into mm-hmm. that. Mental rest. Is that more like meditation? It's Meditation can be a part of a mental rest strategy, but mental rest at its core is really getting your brain to be able to quiet down and to not be in that what I call multitasking brain state. A lot of our brains function very similar to our computers. If I look at most people's computer screens, they all have seven, eight tabs open at one time. And so a lot of us think very similarly. We're jumping around from one thought to another thought, and we're not spending time in really deep thought. And so we have difficulty clearing out our mental space when we get ready to go to bed at night. That's when we're laying in the bed and we're running over our to-do list for the next day or regurgitating a conversation that er- from earlier in the day that we wish we'd said different. All of those things are part of a brain that's lacking mental rest. Mm. What type of, of um, 
I guess an exercise, do you recommend then before we go to sleep so that we just don't ruminate and talk and think about, not talking, but think about all the, what we've got to do. What do you suggest that we can do today to, to get a little bit more mental rest? Absolutely. So one simple thing can be what we call brain dumping or mind dumping is another term for it. It's basically having a piece of paper, a notepad, a journal, really anything that's concrete where you can write down whatever those thoughts are that you're ruminating over. It takes it out of your mental space and puts it on something where you, your brain doesn't feel the need to try to hold on to that bit of information. Because what happens is if your brain feels responsible for holding on to that thought, it will hold on to it even at the expense of you going into those deeper levels of non-REM sleep. Mm, that's a good one. So writing things down, journaling, uh, creating your schedule so you don't, you put it down on paper, you don't need to think about it anymore. Right, because now it's in a safe place. And some people journaling is actually stressful for them, just the thought of having to put something down. When I say brain dumping, for myself, it's just having post-it notes at the bedside. So I can jot down the thought, rip off the post-it note in the morning, do whatever it said, trash it when I'm done. Mm, great, great. You know, I love the fact that you call spiritual, um, sp there's a such thing as spiritual rest. Can you explain that? Yes, yeah, spiritual rest, sometimes people think it's about a specific religion or faith system. It's really at the core, this feeling of belonging, of feeling interconnected with others and feeling accepted. And so some people experience this within bodies of faith. Some people experience it in certain communities that they are a part of. But that's at the really the core of it, where you're feeling as if you're contributing to the greater good and that you have a part to play in the big picture. Mm. I find myself where I'm most spiritual is when I'm in nature and connecting to nature. You could call it nature bathing, forest bathing, ocean, you know, being in the ocean. Yes, actually, that falls under creative rest. Creative rest is the rest we experience oh. when we allow ourselves to appreciate beauty in whatever it, form it is and to let that beauty that we're experiencing create something and awaken something inside of us. And so that beauty can be natural, um, like the oceans and the beach and the mountains and all those things, or it can be man-made, like listening to music or art or watching someone dance or theater. And it's not, some people will ask, well, does that mean going to like an art class or a pottery class as creative rest? No, that's still creative work. It can be fun, but you're still putting a demand on your creativity in those situations. Creative rest does not have a demand on your creativity. It's letting what's already being created gives you opportunities to appreciate it and let it create something inside of you. Mm. Um, before we start on the other, other types of rest, I'd like you to um, go into a little bit about why is it that we need rest as human beings? What is it that you found in your clinical experience uh, that your patients have gone through where when they don't rest, what are the physical uh, consequences? What are their health consequences? Yes, after 20 years of clinical practice as a board-certified internist, what I found was so many people were coming into my practice with the same complaint, I'm tired. And many of them would want to have the battery of tests done. They wanted their thyroids, their adrenals, and everything else they could have tested. And for a large number of those people, the studies all came back negative. And when we really dove into 
what their symptoms were, they were oftentimes very vague. I, I have cloudy thinking. I have difficulty concentrating. I'm forgetting things where, I, you know, I'm 40 years old. I shouldn't be forgetting a three-item list when I go into the grocery store. Or they were having just nondescript body aches and pains, a lot of tension that they were carrying in their neck and back muscles. And for some people, it, it showed itself as really excessive amounts of, of low-level infections. I call it the sinus infection that won't go away, where you've treated it and it seems like your immune system just stays chronically depleted. A lot of those are symptoms that are coming from just a toxic body, a body that's on a high stress level, that's not having times where the cortisol levels have a chance to deplete, to drop back down, and it's not getting restored. So it stays in a state of depletion, and that's where a lot of people are. They're functioning out of chronic depletion. They're, they go to bed, they sleep the eight hours, they wake up still tired, and they think, well, this is as good as it gets because, well, I got the eight hours that the textbooks say. And what they're not realizing is that by just focusing on the sleeping, that passive physical type of rest, you're omitting these other types of rest that are available because sleeping is not going to fix an emotional rest deficit or a social rest deficit or a creative rest deficit. Mm, that totally makes sense. So let's go into the emotional rest deficit. Uh, as you're saying is that what can we do? What, what, are, what is emotional rest? Emotional rest is that feeling of release we experience when we are able to be very authentic and truthful about our personal experiences, when we're able to express our feelings without shame, without fear. And for many people, that is experienced either through a very close friend or family member when you're having those type of conversations. But for a lot of people, it's through counselors or therapists or coaches, someone who you're actually paying to be able to just be very authentic about what's going on in your life and where you currently are. For a lot of people, we do not realize how much stress and, and pressure we experience just from our day-to-day -day performance levels. I always say professionals tend to experience a lot of performance stress that they don't really recognize, the stress of just presenting in the way that others expect you to present. And I always use myself as an example because as a physician, I'm expected to present a certain way in the emergency room and the ICU. It's not an intent to be inauthentic, but I'm a jokester most of the time. When someone's family member is on the bed in front of me dying in the ICU, that is not an appropriate time for my normal personality to come out. And so there's a part of you that stays kind of behind that professional wall because you know the inappropriateness of just your normal personality. And so many people deal with that on a day-to-day -day basis with no time for release. Mm. That makes sense. I, you know, I treat a lot of patients um, and children and children. And I think right now for kids, it's just the hardest time during this COVID to help them deal with their stressors and emotional outbursts. What can we do for children to help them find ease with themselves and 
around their siblings. I think it's important for parents to really model rest with their children. I think our society is modeling everything that is the opposite of rest. We have a grind society where we kind of put on our badges of honor that I only slept four hours or I only slept two hours. You know, I can keep going with no sleep at all. So we, we kind of have this mentality that there that's something we should be proud of, that we can push ourselves to the limit. And I think we need to really start helping our children understand the benefit of taking time for yourself and resting and having opportunities to be open about what you're feeling, to actually have those types of conversation. You know, one of the things we're seeing a lot with children, particularly now in this um, current post-COVID situation uh, that we're in, is that a lot of them are experiencing sensory rest deficits. They're having a lot of sensory overload symptoms anxiety, difficulty sleeping. Some even are having you know, trouble with their relationships with parents and siblings because they're just easily irritable. And we sometimes don't take into account the effect that different people experience when they have excessive exposure to their electronics. You know, sometimes it's very similar to like a two-year-old at a birthday party. The first hour into the party, they're fine. And then after two hours, they're yelling and screaming their head off because of sensory overload. Well, the same things happen with our kids after 10 hours of Zoom plus their Fortnite and whatever other games they're playing. We have to be aware of the effect it has on their personality and remind them of the benefit of some downtime. Mm. So with the sensory, it could be any of your senses in excess, right? That's saying, correct. Whether we're watching something uh, or listening to major heavy metal music, it could be all of that. It includes all the senses. So I always tell people to think about really what your day-to-day -day activity sensory inputs you're experiencing from the lights that are in the place where you work, from the smells, if you're working somewhere with a lot of people and everyone's wearing different perfumes, to the sounds that you're hearing in the background, to the just really how you're even your clothes and all the different things that you're wearing, and even honestly down to the foods that we eat because some people have gotten to the point where nothing tastes good unless it's in a wrapper or you know, highly sugared or highly salted. So we really have to take into account really all of the sensory inputs that have become norm to us and start having some time where we have a reprieve from them. Mm, that so makes, makes sense. We did go to, through the creative earlier and the last one I think we haven't uh, gone into is the social rest. Yes, so social rest deals with the people in your life and how they pull from your energy. Many of us spend the majority of our time with people who are needing and requiring things from us. So they are negatively pulling from our social energy. Doesn't mean that they're negative people, just the, the nature of the relationship and how they're pulling on our social energy. Most adults have few adult friends, and so we don't really have a lot of people in our life that are positively pouring back into us who don't need anything from us but we just enjoy being around them we enjoy the power of their presence and that's what social rest is is the rest we experience when in the presence of a life-giving positive person mm, that's wonderful i love all that so you know once we start to implement little by little 
in our lives, the seven different types of rest, the physical, the mental, the spiritual, emotional, sensory, social, and creative. And, and we're really conscious about that. What can we see within ourselves? What are the small changes or big changes that we'll find with ourselves and, and how we're feeling? Well, I think the, the first thing that most people sense is that they start feeling more energized. And I think the, the main reason that that happens is what I always say is start with the one with your biggest deficit. You know, when you hear there's seven things, there's a part of us that wants to kind of jump in and hit all seven at the same time. We all have all seven in our lives functioning at all times, but most of us are already excelling usually at, a, at quite a few of these. Usually there's only one or two that will really be the ones that we have a, a, a serious depletion in if you're someone who's feeling tired. That's where my assessment at restquiz.com came from because I had so many patients that would say, how do I know which one I need the most? And so once you're able to identify the areas of your greatest deficit and you put into practice a few restorative activities very intentionally to address that deficit, you will start feeling more energized. You will start feeling better, which then makes you able to do these other things that we have to do in our lives. Mm. So it makes so, makes so much sense. You mentioned that you have a website called restquiz.com um, and that and it's also even on your own website, right? Um, I believe the website that you've got is called ichoosemybestlife.com, um, those two websites. You know, I'd like to ask you a question regarding um, some of the energy stealers. You call them energy stealers. Um, and I think I would say out of all the different types of of rest, people, at least with my patients, they want to feel more energy, just as you mentioned. So what are some of your best tips on how to deal with energy stealers? And what are they? And what, what, what are your best tips? Well, I think one of the huge energy stealers is just trying to go to sleep on a toxic body. You know, oftentimes we try to hop, we, we do all our daily activities, we jump on social media, we try to fit in a show on Netflix at the end of the day, and then we flick all of that off and hop in the bed as if our body's light switch that can just click off and go into those deeper levels of sleep. And it can't. So we need to have a process where we allow ourselves really to to detoxify before we go to bed. And that could include things like doing some stretches. If you're someone who carries a lot of tension in your muscles, having a chance to just release some of those toxic um, muscle buildup that you have and get those muscles kind of stretched back out, doing some yoga or um, a mild walk might even be helpful just to improve the circulation, making sure that you're drinking adequate amounts of water to flush out some of those toxicity, taking a moment just to step outside you know, many of us have spent all eight hours on our computers with no time outside just to get some fresh air and to enjoy any of that creative rest. Mm. And can you talk a little bit about what happens to our brain when we rest? Um, there's different kinds of brain waves and, and um, when you're in, in the theta wave, let's say, whatever you want to call them. Um, can you explain that a little bit about what's going on with our brain uh, when, you've, when you're not in rest and then when you are in rest? Well, and it depends on the type of rest we're looking at. Since, so, since they're all so different, different ones really are affecting different um, aspects of how your brain responds. Uh, I think because when, we're, when I'm looking at rest, I'm not necessarily looking at the cessation of activity 
or stillness or stopping, that's where, you know, as far as how the brain is responding varies because, you know, I'm sometimes approached by a patient that'll say, well, my husband's not resting because they are outside chopping wood. But when I'm looking at, how, you know, this particular patient's life, this person may be someone whose work has them mentally very engaged during the day. And then when they rest, they're, all they're needing is mental rest. So they're not, they don't have a problem with the chopping of the wood, which is a very physical activity. But that repetitiveness of the physical activity allows them to get into a deeper level of relaxation because they're not having to mentally process that activity. It's a repetitive, consistent process, which allows them to get into deeper mental rest because of that repetitive nature. Mm, I really love what you're saying. And it just reminds me of how, you know, during the week, I work, when I'm working with patients all day and I'm on the phone uh, with patients for hours and hours, at nighttime, I actually don't want to talk, right? I don't know if that's how it's with you, uh, Dr. Sandra, but for me, I don't want to do more vocalization. So my, my family knows. My family knows that give me some space and allow me to be in silence, even though let's say I'm cooking or, or uh, we're eating, I'm, I'm definitely more in silence. And that's my way of rejuvenating, I guess, my mental stress. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, very, a very easy way of kind of looking at, if all, it, like looking at your surroundings and thinking about what are the sensory inputs. For you, the sensory inputs are human voices. That's what you're hearing most of the day. You're hearing voices all day long. And so to downgrade that and to undo that, silence. So if most of your day the sensory input is vocal, then yes, silence can be very therapeutic. Mm, that's, I, I, I know that for sure. And I'm sure a lot of people do as well who's in any kind of field where they're constantly using their voice or you're hearing things, hearing people talk to you all day long. Can you tell me a little bit about your website, I Choose My Best Life? I love the title of your website. I'd like you to just share more about what you do besides re regarding the, the book, but I think there's a lot more to it uh, on your website. Yes, well, the website really was birthed out of my my own burnout um, about 10 years ago as a physician. Um, most of the medical community were trained to burn the candle at both ends. And I got to a place where I burned out and needed to find a way back to recover my life. That's the only way I could term it. I needed to recover my life from burnout. And what I decided was really the same, the choices that I made that led me to burnout, if I made better choices, I could get a better outcome. And so that's where I choose my best life came from, that thought process, let me choose better intentional actions that'll lead to the life I wanted and not the life that I thought I wanted. I was calling some one thing success that really just led me into a further burnout picture. And really success was getting to the point where I could give intentional no's and, and still with a smile on my face and um, be able to help other people learn how to set some healthy boundaries within their career and their personal lives. I understand that you do, you do a lot of speaking engagements and coaching as well? I do. I do a lot of speaking primarily with corporations or associations related to change management, resilience training. And I don't like to call it stress management. I call it more resilience training. But some people call it stress management, learning really how to take the stressors that come at you and find ways to function in a more healthier response. 
And then a lot mm-hmm. of one-on-one it's, training related to usually professionals. It's really, I can, I can hear that from your own experiences, as you're saying, your burnout and all that you do and teach um, others, that's how you brought it all together in your uh, rest book, Sacred Rest. It is. As a physician, I think when I, whenever I look at a book, and I read a lot of books, so, so I, I see how a lot of different people do things within their nonfiction books. I think for myself, what I wanted was a book that was quick for people to read. The chapters are very short. I'm writing the book specifically for tired, burned out people like myself. So I wanted it to be practical. I wanted every time they finished a chapter, they had something where they could purposely put it into play if they wanted to. If it's like, oh, I do have you know spiritual rest deficit. Let me try one of these tactics. So I, I, I give a chance for them to self-diagnose and then make a decision on one action step they can use from a few that I share. Oh, that's great. Well, where can we learn more again? Can you go ahead and give us your website one more time, please? Yes, my website is ichoosemybestlife.com, and the book is Sacred Rest, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, Restore Your Sanity, and it's available wherever books are sold. Fantastic. And then, of course, on that website, you can also find the rest quiz, uh, I Choose My Best Life, or you can just go to restquiz.com. Thank you so much, Dr. Sandra. It was wonderful meeting you, talking to you about how important rest is and how sacred rest is for us all. Thank you. You bet. Great information. I know you've you've learned something here. Such great, valuable info. So do share the show with your loved ones. It can clearly change their life for the better. And please subscribe if you haven't already so we can continue to do our very best here on Wellness for Life. If you need help in digging deeper with your health issues, I work with people globally through phone and Skype consultations. And my contact info is available on my website, drsuzanne.com. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today, full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well.